Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Speak Free with Maddie G, last episode of the year. And uh, and I'm joined here today by a very special guest, Warwick Bynan. That's how you say it. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's the correct pronunciation. Yeah, on the uh, Former scooter rider, pro scooter rider and uh, action sports content creator. Um, you've got a pretty massive following on Instagram and and and, and socials in, in general. Um, and so we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. Um, and then we're also yeah going to talk about your career, uh, your scooter riding career, um, and then a few other topics as well. Um, one thing I really do want to touch on today, and it's kind of been on my mind for a while, and I thought you'd be a good person to talk about it with, is the tall poppy syndrome of Australia, right? Um, I've noticed it a fair bit lately with a few things, um, especially with Penrith Panthers winning their third straight premiership. Um, <laughs> so we'll talk about that, but, um, but welcome, welcome to, uh, welcome to the two seven project. Welcome to speak free studio. No, nah, thanks for having me, bro. It's an honor. It's an honor, especially to cut it up with someone from the West. So let's get in. Let's get it. Um, we'll talk about that as well. Obviously being from, from Western Sydney, um, you know, you've moved away now, but, um, I feel like that, uh, the first sort of impression I got of meeting you was, yeah, Western Sydney doesn't fucking die, does it? Through and through, man. Yeah. It's one of those things, everyone's <laughs> like, you're from the West. I'm like, yeah, don't forget it, boy. <laughs> um, so let's go back to, uh, to the beginning. Um, obviously scooter riding, that was, you know, what, what gave you, uh, a huge start in life, right? Um, what age were you when you started riding scooters? It, it probably starts before I even started riding scooters. When I was born, my brother was a skateboarder. He's eight years older than me. Day one out of the hospital, we literally went to my local skate park, like Warragamba Skate Park. That's like the one story that's been told my whole life. Like my mum's like, you know, this is just all you knew. It's all you ever knew. It's all you were ever going to know. Um, so he kind of got me into the skate park um, from day dot. And then when I was about 11 or 12 in year six at school, all of my mates kind of picked up the whole scooter craze. I was still riding bikes and skateboards at that time. I couldn't decide and out there and work again, but there's like nothing else to do. You play footy, you know, you go to the skate park, that's it. Or there's like dirt jumps down the road, pick one. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do all of it. So we were just smashing that out. And then my mates were going to different high schools. We kind of were tossing up if I was going to go to Dom's and try and play footy and stuff like that. And I, opted out of it. I wasn't down for like the tie and the private school life. And I'm pretty grateful I didn't go down that route, to be honest. Uh, but because I was going to different schools to most of my mates, it was like, all right, how are we going to hang out other than just playing footy and whatever? Because some of them didn't play. So we're like, we're going to go to the skate park all the time. They all had scooters. I just like jumped on board with that. And then fortunately enough, you know, Western Sydney, Penrith in particular, like Jamo Skate Park was like the hub of scootering in the world at that time. So just lucked out real hard. Yeah. And it's yeah i obviously i've had i had nick on last time as well and <clears throat> it's crazy now because i think kids of today don't really have that sort of you know what what are we going to do we're going to jump on the fucking playstation or we're going to jump on the ipad or we're going to like that's the the world of today you know for or sure. just like snapchat each other like that's yeah. their idea of fun and for us like uh like i'm from the hawksbury and i remember when north richmond skate park was built and it was like the biggest fucking day ever like it was like wow man like we've got one now we've got one and like that's where every cunt was like every afternoon you know and it was so good like at the time i lived in northo so it was a quick fucking like five minute walk down to the skate park it was mad and um and i feel like that's what kids did like that's what we did we all hung out and we played outside and we fucking you know rode scooters or rode bikes around the neighborhood or played footy outside in, you know, you know, front yard footy or backyard sure. footy. And I just feel like kids of today 
don't they're not getting that like authentic Aussie sort of kid experience. Anymore. I don't even think it's just Aussie. I think it's a global issue. And I don't even know like issue is the hard word because technology and everything advances so much. I watched this movie movie the other day called The Creator, I think it is. It's about AI and it just right. made me think so much like just the way that the world's kind of heading and, and what life's going to be like. But it's exactly that, man. As a kid, we didn't have any other options and I didn't grow up with a whole lot um, of opportunity, especially where I lived. Not not even just like where I lived but financially and stuff like that as well. Like, you know, I, I literally grew up with kids that had nothing and then some that were like living, like yeah. absolutely living. And um, I grew up pretty well in the middle and um, I had dirt bikes and whatever else and a bit of property at one point in time and – and yeah, it was just like, I just wanted to be outside and to get around that. And my brother was ironically, he turned into more of the gamer um, and he still like froths that stuff. He's the biggest gamer guy. But um, yeah, I've never really got into it. I think part of that was because I found my tribe and like my community at the skate park. And that's kind of where I guess I've continued on in my life and, and really just stayed attached to that um, that sense of belonging and, and trying to pursue it and make more of it and now I look back and the generations that are coming up now it's such a struggle to keep them outside of motivated and a lot of the brands that I've worked with in the last few months or last few years like dilemma number one is like how do we keep scootering alive or how do we do this or how do we get more people interested in sport and it's like that's the question the whole world is asking and and ironically enough like years ago when I first started working with Nike that was one of the questions that they asked me they were like oh is scootering and your world seeing an impact because we're noticing it. And I was like, wow, if Nike is noticing like this shift of like people going inside and not doing sports, like, wow. Yeah. It's nuts. It's not just my little sport of scootering. You know what I mean? And it, and it does seem that way. Like my dad, you know, and I, I live with my nan during the week and the story she has of like, you know, the kids playing footy <clears throat> and every parent like being down there and then they would have, you know, one parent would be doing like the sausage sizzle and then another parent would be like they're, they're on orange duty. So yeah. they did like oranges at halftime. It was such like this community spirit thing like sport was, especially team sport. Yeah. And I think it is still to some extent, but it's not at the same level it was back then at all anymore. It's just harder because there, there is opportunity as well in the digital world. And like you hear of like, you know, these these gamers, especially with things like Fortnite and you look at the success of the Sidemen, um, you know, coming from FIFA and Minecraft and all this stuff, like there is so much opportunity uh, for people to make careers out of it now. So I feel like parents are more knowledgeable about what good could come from their kids being like tech lords. But at the same time, we know how much fun we had not doing that. So it's like it's such a struggle to kind of find that fine balance of like do you say, yeah, like this is just the way forward and it is what it is or it's just like, nah, like we're doing something wrong. I yeah and I mean I talked about this with Nick a bit too and <clears throat> I think I think we're doing something wrong yeah. like I think the the negative impact it just has to outweigh any positive impact sure. that comes from social media for sure like, I think and that's the thing too working in that space and like being I would say like the last 10 years of my life super heavily present on social media or even more it's had its massive tolls on me at times. And like that, even to this day now, like I've literally run social media for a business with multiple brands and do all this marketing and whatever else. My whole like day-to-day life is around social media, but like I'm probably as inactive as ever on my own. Yeah. Which is crazy to people because I spent so long like diehard building it up to this like 
you know, this almost trophy that I'm so pr- I was like so proud of, and now I'm just like, ah, it is what it is. It's yeah. so funny to some people, but yeah. And that is interesting to me because, like, <clears throat> I'll get it too. Like, I'll talk shit about social media. <laughs> and people will say to me, like, why don't you just fucking get rid of it then? I'm like, because you cannot podcast without yeah. putting out fucking reels and, yeah. like, TikToks and shit. You can't be a photographer or have a photography business and not put out your work on social yeah. media. Like, that's how I, like, give my work to clients. It's like a Facebook fucking, you know, yeah. like, I, well, for parties and shit, not if it's a wedding. For or sure, something. yeah, but, yeah. Um, And without that, it's, like, hard. But because of that, I'm also, I'm not a scroller, like, of my, like, of my, on my personal shit. Yeah. Um, And it's funny because, like, I'll think, like, oh, that cunt didn't even like my post. Like, it'll be, like, a special post. I'm like, wait, when did I last like their post? And I look back, it was, like, That's so funny you say that, bro, because I literally teach so many people that one simple thing. And it's, like, we all have this expectation that people should interact with us. Why aren't they interacting with us? Oh, people didn't like this. People didn't whatever. I'm like, how often do you go and comment on someone's stuff? Like, how often do you show some love? Like, ironically, we'd never met until today, but I know for a fact that I've commented on a couple of videos and whatever yeah. else. And part of that is because my whole thing is, my if I see something that I like, I've decided, like, I've made a moral decision now that I'm like, I want to show love to the things that I actually back and support, especially like things from people from the West, people that are branching out of their comfort zone, doing shit that most other people are scared to do. I'm going to be like, fuck yeah, like I'm going to get around that. I'm going to show some love and, dude, it's worked tenfold in me and opportunities that have come out from just commenting something. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's pretty insane. Like a lot of people I've had on on my podcast have been from just like a social media connection or like a friend of a friend or someone I've met out and then we've connected over like, you know, via social media and they check out my shit, I check out their shit. Yeah. And when you have that mutual support, you grow like – you know, you, you grow your your circle, not your personal circle, but you grow like your, your network oh, so well. And when you put out that positivity towards people, fucking of course you get it back. Yeah. You're going to get it back. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing for people to realize like <clears throat> this idea. Sorry, I've got something stuck in my throat too. So apologies <laughs> to the viewers for fucking <laughs> all the coughing. Um, I've been sick as a dog, by the way, too. Fuck me. I've been so sick. Can't, and yeah. I'm not on it. I've been sober. So Still, I well. think it's just that calm down, mate. From yeah, yeah from the grand secret final. Panthers supporter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, a closet, so he's a closet. Don't say supporter. that. Don't say that because I've been copping that in the fucking group chat because yeah. they're all Panthers haters. So yeah. I'll fucking like stick up for him because I just love seeing a good game of footy. Yeah, and to be honest, like the haters, man. Fucking Nathan Cleary put on probably the best grand final performance by far, easily. Easily that I've ever seen. And I got to fucking see it live. And I yeah. was right. I was down the end where he scored that winning try. And oh, I was like, sick. Fuck it, what yeah. a moment, dude. But I promise I'm not a Closet Panthers supporter. I'm a fucking Tiger supporter. And we're going to win the comp next year. So I think you're dreaming. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's one of those things that, like, you know, the, the three-peat is obviously real fresh in a lot of our minds and stuff like that. And being from Penrith myself, like, massive fan. Um, but to see, like the boys come back. There was a moment in there. I've got mates, literally like mates that play in the Broncos side. And I was like, either way before the game, like, you know, either way, like it's a W for my mates, like sick boys from the West, boys from the Goldie that play in for the Bronx, whatever. I was like, happy days, like all good. But there was a moment when Penrith like lost momentum at the end of the first half when they scored that try. And I was like, Penrith don't score the next try. We're done. We're done. And all my mates in New Zealand are like, shut up. <laughs> and then Bronx come out second half just firing. And I was like, I'm telling you, we're done. Like, we're not going to come back. 
And I was like, oh, and secretly inside, I was like, oh, boys, do not do this to me. Like, do not just let me sit here and just watch this crumble. Clutch clear, he comes in. And I was like, fuck, yes. Like, we were in these little yurts in New Zealand. I'm staying with this snowboard camp. It's dead silent. Like, it's, I think it was midnight over there or 11 p.m. when the yeah. game was on. So we're, like, watching it on this little laptop. Like, go on, go on. Like, I'm getting <laughs> so into it. None of the other boys there follow any of the teams that are playing. So it's so mellow. It's just me. They're all giving me shit. Yeah. When they clutched up, like when they scored that try, I was going ballistic. Like all the kids were back this too. I ran outside. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, come on. It's like midnight. I'm just cutting sick in the middle of these yurts. Everyone's like, what is going on? They're like, oh, surely the Panthers are winning or whatever. I'm just like, it was just like such an iconic moment, but yeah, it what was. a game of footy, bro. <clears throat> There's two grand finals that I've been to that really stand out to me. <clears throat> and that's 2015, 100% one of the best games yeah. of footy I've ever seen. Yeah. <clears throat> Broncos, Cowboys, and um, and this one. Yeah. This one, like the effort, like that, how you pull yourself out of that, that hole with not long to go. Like there was what, 17 minutes left to go. Yeah. And to come back and just like, like the whole team, like whole Panthers team played well, but fucking Nathan Cleary, man. Yeah. Like that was I, an insane performance. 100%. And I've been a pretty, I don't want to say critic of him, but I would just say like I've been pretty open to the fact that in big games, especially Origin, I don't think he's he's been as clutch as he is for Penrith. And I'm just like, I just don't know if he's got it in him. Proved me so wrong, proved a lot of people wrong. And I think that really like cemented the hype around him. Like there is so much hype around Cleary, obviously he's, just done a three-peat, you know yeah. what I mean? Like he's clutched up so many times. There's been talk about him for years, but I think like to do that in a grand final, like that Broncos side's no joke. Oh, So it's like to do that against them. I knew them, it was going to be a hard game. Yeah. Like they're a very fucking quick side. Yeah. Very quick side. And, I and knew strong, that. like Paddy Carrigan, Payne Haas, like some of the best forwards we've ever had, I think, in the NRL. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, and they've got that Queensland sort of. Oh, I hate saying it, but Queensland spits are a real thing, eh? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Brute. From from moving to the Gold Coast, like, and being a Blue supporter, like, Origin comes on. Like, I've never hated Queensland more when Origin comes on. But fuck, they're good, bro. Like, but, yeah. oh, credit where credit's due. Yeah. They are cracker right now. They are. And it's fucking, it hurts me because we have a team that we should be on a, like, it should be more of a battle, bro. Yeah, we but should just be on our own seen. path of, yeah. like, glory right now. Look at the players we've fucking got. Yeah. And all I can say is thank God Freddie's not coming fucking back yeah. as coach because that cunt's fucking – I call him Freddie fucking nowhere because yeah. that cunt wants to fucking do yoga and get all barefoot and fucking let's do some barefoot bowls, boys. Like, yeah. fuck that. Get a bit of fucking mongrel in ya. Because I tell you what, up in Queensland, when the baby comes out, like – of a woman's vagina, right? <laughs> the doctor grabs it. I'm not kidding you. I've seen this happen. Grabs the baby and shakes it and yells, fucking Queenslander, <laughs> Queenslander. And they're fucking bred from the get-go yeah, to fucking hate us, man. They love it. And, um, and that's what we need to do here, man. We uh, Breed your kids to fucking hate Queensland. I think it's a pride thing too. Like I think it's because New South Wales was dominant for a few years, like a while back. And now like, Queensland's been on such a run yeah, that it's like, it's fun to them. They don't remember the shit times. Whereas we're the ones that are like, this sucks. This Yeah. Crap. It's Especially so our fall. generation. Cause 100%. we grew up with that winning horrible, like eight in a row. Fuck it. Yeah. Oh. But we were like winning when we were younger. Like yeah. I remember like Joey and stuff just clutching and it was so yeah, sick. Yeah. 2003, 2004, 2005. And then they were good years. 
2005 especially because Tigers won the fucking premiership. But <laughs> Benji won the premiership. <laughs> yeah. Benji won the Marshall skips away. Yeah. Oh, fuck, that was good. But, yeah. But I do not see – I do not – yeah, I, I don't know if where Tigers go from here. They've got a lot of fucking – a lot of issues, not just on the footy field but off the footy field too. And I don't know. Sack Pasco is all I say. Sack yeah. that fucking dumb cunt. Obviously, and you're more into it than I am. But, like, as a fan, it's – it's pretty hard. Is there many people that are like in your group chats and stuff like that? They're like, this is fucked up now. Or is everyone kind of just like. In oh. terms of Tigers? Yeah. Like, um, or is everyone in just my like, I'm own so own circle, like I've got like my, one of my best mates, Jack, he's a Tigers fan too. Um, and we're both, we're both sticking strong, but I must say in like the Tigers groups I'm in, like the fan pages and stuff, there's always people who are like, fuck this. I can't do this for another year. Like I'm done. I'm a and I thought, you know what? Fuck you then, cunt. Yeah. Don't fucking come back when we win, you yeah. know? I know it's hard, but it's fucking footy, right? Yeah, like yeah. you pick your team and you stick to it. Yeah. Cunts who change their teams and that's why I was so happy. Like I know we got the spoon again this year, but we beat Dolphins. And yeah. I thought, you know what? To all those fans, those fake fucking fans who went for fucking Dolphins this year. Yeah. And everyone who went for Dolphins this year is a fake fan <laughs> because you're obviously going for someone before cunt. And <laughs> to me, when we beat them, I was thinking – Fucking yes, cunt. Yeah. Suck shit, you fucking dogs. That's I'm curious, but obviously like a little bit of my background as well as football is in soccer, like that similar thing happened when the Wanderers was created. Right, West yes, Sydney. with Sydney FC. Sydney FC. Yes. And a lot of my mates like, I'm not changing. And I'm like, bro, you're from the West. Like, what do you mean you're not changing? And yeah. I was I was not – I wouldn't say I was like a Sydney FC fan. I wasn't really into – it too much. I think that's when I'd really focused on scootering at that time. So I never really got around the hype of Sydney FC. But then when the Wanderers came back, I was in a bit of a lull with my scootering career and I was like, oh, I'll get around it. All my mates got around it. The RBB was so contagious as well because that like really epitomized like European football culture, which is exactly right. What got me hooked in day dot. And, and I then, thought if there's police, what got me interested, because I've never been a soccer fan, right? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> growing up in such a rugby league strong household and played footy as a kid, like yeah. footy was the first sport I ever played and um, never played soccer as a kid. And um, my brother's more into so He's more like a likes every sort of sport. Yeah. Um, but I was almost just footy, like pretty much that's it. And, um, and, but when the Wanderers came in, I must say like, to me, I love, I love people and I love things that bring controversy, right? Like I just, I, I, I love that shit. It's why I've got a fucking Trump hat right there, baby, because I love that shit, right? Yeah. Like it, it excites me. Um, and when there's so many, so there was so much police presence at Wanderers games and stuff. And I thought this is fucking hectic. Like yeah. this makes me so proud to be from the West. Yeah. And um, so I did go to a couple Wanderers games with my brother and that and got a bit into it there. When they were in para. Um, so I went and saw them actually at Penrith. It was an Asia, oh, was it Asia Cup Asian or Cup, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. Um, that would have been sick. And they versed, I forget who they versed. It might have been a Sydney, it might have been a Derby. Yeah. And it was at Penrith Stadium, yeah. And yeah. then we all went over to fucking League Club after. Yeah. But yeah, that was mad and we were in the RBB and cunts were letting off the flares. Yeah, and, getting around it. Yeah. It's so sick. And, and man, like football culture, like soccer culture in Australia has – has been on the up as of late and it's so sick to see because I grew up, my family's from the UK originally and I have like a diehard team over there and it's funny, they've had a shocking start to this season. Swansea City, they play in the championship, um, the league below the Premier League. Right, yeah. They were once in the Premier League tearing it up. It was glory days and then 
drop down. And they've been like holding on, doing really well. Like the last few seasons, they've looked likely to go back up. Right. Yeah. And they're like just not hit hit the and target. How many teams is it that goes down and how many goes up? Three go down, three go, go up. up. Okay. And the start of this season, we we're in the bottom three. And that's like the biggest moment, hey, uh, to make the Premier League. Like, like if you're a lower tech. If you make the <clears throat> Premier League, I can't remember the exact figure, so no one quote me on this, but I think it's like $100 million you make just from TV rights of being in the Prem compared to the Championship. Yeah, wow. For your team to spend $100 million, Like, fuck. And it would obviously help the town massively as well. Massively, like, dude. Like, yeah. And it's just one of those things that when more people will pay to watch the Premier League and stuff like that because it's – it's more publicised, but the championship still can pull in numbers. Like you get teams that pull in, pull in massive numbers and it all just depends on the towns and how they're playing and the excitement that they can create. The start of this season, we got a new manager and stuff like that. We've had a shocking start. Like we didn't win a game like first, I don't want to get it wrong, but like five, six games or something. Sounds we're, like the Tigers. hundred percent. <laughs> we just, we've been on right now. We're on a four game winning streak and it's just sick. Like yeah. it's like, fuck yes, let's go. But it's, Three, four weeks ago, I was like, fuck this team. We're going down, yeah. you know, like, and I'm just reading the comments every time we played a game and it's just like duff out, which is like the manager. And it's like such a brutal thing to see. But then you've got Ange Postacoglu, who's like at Tottenham right now. Killing Everyone it. was like, he's not going to do well. I was like, I'm telling you right now, he's going to be clutch and they're sitting top of the Premier League. He's like, a fucking good coach, man. Hectic coach. He honestly, if he ends up winning. The- if he wins the Premier League this year. Mate, they've got to build a statue for the cunt. Hundred percent. Surely, like Tottenham's had <clears throat> some of the best players like ever in the last few years. They've had sick teams. Yeah, Harry Kane. Like everyone in England thinks he's God's gift. They haven't clutched up. He's left, and they're like, up oh, without you know without Kane, Angie's no chance. Yeah, he's been killing it. Yeah, absolutely killing it. And not just like winning games, like dominating games. So it's sick to see. And he has that just that mentality. Eh? Like he was, um, he was like. Celtic yeah. before, yeah. right? And won with yeah. them. <clears throat> and that's what got him this dream job. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think he will coach Australia? He already has. Do you think he will come back though for the next World <clears throat> Nah, not for the next World Cup. I think his career for the next 10 years probably pretty set. And I, I don't mean set because it's such a cutthroat industry, but I feel like he's shown his caliber enough now where he'll probably get a job somewhere in Europe. And I feel like that will probably more – exciting for him for the next uh like the next world cup cycle and stuff like that maybe later on um in in his end days he might come back for another stint i just don't see it happening right now i think yeah. he's just on too much of a role like i just been there how and done big that. it would be for australia you know like to get him back yeah oh, i feel like that'll be something that he might do as like a retiring gift you know what i mean like yeah. he might do a last world cup block because like yeah. i think if there's any chance we could like really push for something greater than we've achieved in the past. Yeah. You know, a quarterfinal. Like, imagine if we got into a quarterfinal. Dude, we almost events. beat Argentina. Yeah. Like, people yeah. people that don't realise how... What was the end score? 2-1. Two, 2-1. Two one. Two one. Yeah, I think it was, anyway. Yeah, could be I think wrong. it was 2-1. I just know I there was a moment... I remember going to the pub there with absolutely no sleep. And <laughs> yeah, there was a moment at the very end of the game where, like, um, Garan Kowal could have scored. And I remember, like, I just stood up in front of yeah. my TV and as soon as it was saved, I was like, Fuck, like that moment would have changed Australian football forever. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now, I will – We obviously we'll come back to <coughs> your scooter career and, and everything else. Um, but while we're on the topic, I did want to just talk about 
the Tillies because I saw a lot. You post a lot um, on your on your page um, about their run when uh, when the World Cup was here. Um, I got sucked into the hype for so sure. So sick to see. Um, so sick to see. And I remember it was the round of sixteen against Denmark. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. so hard to get a ticket. Tickets were sold out for so long, and then they In had advance, that re- they had the resale facility thing up. So yeah. I'm like refreshing, and every time one would come up, I'd click it straight away. Like I'd be so quick, sold. Gone. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck, man. I was like, j- there was something in me that I was like, I'm going to this game, cunt. I don't give a yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like I'm going to this game, and so I put on Twitter of all places, and I was like, does anyone have a fucking ticket for tomorrow yeah. night? Um, happy to pay good good amount of money. Like yeah. just really want to go. Don't care where it is. I just need the one seat. I'm happy to go yeah. by myself. Yeah. This guy messaged me in that, like the next morning. So the morning of the game. So I like, I packed like clothes to go to work. Like I'm like, I'll yeah. get changed just in case, you yeah. know, put it out there into the world. And um, he messaged me and he was like, yeah, I've got one ticket. It's like restricted view, but like restricted view in soccer is actually pretty cool. Cause yeah. it just means you're down low as yeah. fuck. Yeah. And so I'm like, that'll be mad. Like all the, like the roar of the crowd will be behind me and like, and, um, and I was like, how much do you want for it, bro? And he's like, nah, nothing. Just have it. Just gave me a ticket. No way. And I knew it was a fit, like, because FIFA's really good how they do their ticketing, like, situation. Yeah, because like, it, like, legit. goes onto your app and it's all legit. So I knew yeah. I wasn't getting ripped off. And yeah. then, um, and yes, yeah, so I went to the game and it was fucking unreal. Did you know that guy? Or no, just random ran- guy, man. That is so sick. Yeah. Because that game is something that will go down in Australian history. Like, uh, the, Oh, well, this is the Denmark. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I mean. Just like That'll still go down in history. It's so iconic if I was up in for them to get for through the round of 16. Oh, like, and massive. to get as far as they did and play as well as they did throughout the tournament. Like there was, there was hit and miss moments leading into it. It didn't look like it was going to be a very positive campaign, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, and I've been backing the girls for ages, and it, but it was just sick to see Australia get around football like they did. And like you said, like you're someone that's not really ever been into it, but you were going to do anything and everything to get to that game. Yeah. That just shows how much like growth there was in them holding the World Cup here in Australia. People really bought into it. The success of the team obviously did really well. And I actually think like Sam Kerr not, being fit to play for a lot of it and them still performing like really helped to add to the fact that like, oh, fuck, we've actually got a pretty decent team. Yeah, I feel like so many people didn't realise how good the Matildas actually are. Yeah. So it was sick to see so many people get around it. And that that next game, that quarterfinal, oh, I don't think there's any that, – that has to – that will be known as the most exciting moment oh. of the year for sure. Like sporting moment. Yeah. I would put that up there in my top three sporting moments. Yeah. I've ever seen like I wasn't there obviously it was up at Suncorp but to anyone that was there fucking you know lucky cunts Wild, man bro. like that Wild. would have been fucking insane yeah. to see I was at ODs and I remember it, I, fe- I think it started at like six o'clock that night yeah it was like an earlier game and so I'm watching on my phone and she I'm driving I have it like playing on my phone in like my phone holder I'm like fucking getting to my friends and I'm like I'm like we gotta go we gotta go it's in extra time and I like got there for like the whole of extra time basically and watched it and then I was like, fuck, it's going to a penalty shootout. Yeah. And, man, it was just crazy to look around like at, you've been obviously ODs yeah, and like yeah. the big outside area. Whole place is full, right? Like full. Rammed. Every, yeah, every fucking table has someone sitting on it yeah. and um, everyone's on the edge of their seat and it was such a long drawn out fucking penalty shootout yeah. and like we rode every shot. Like yeah. that was just, yeah, what a moment. What a fucking moment, eh? 
And then when we won, man, and walking through the streets of Penrith, I remember I walked from um, Duck Duck to fucking Panthers, which is like, I don't know, maybe 15 minute yeah. walk. Everyone we passed is like, ah, oh, the deli. Is that yeah. the fucking Everyone deli? was so invested. And that was one of the coolest things. Like I had so many friends that did not give a fuck about football before that, like passionately into it. And even like my housemate, we were watching it at home. You know, she'd kind of got around it a little bit, but she was like calling me like, go the fucking dillies. And I was like, this is sick to see because she's not someone that would like get around it all that much, especially soccer. Like she's footy mad. Yeah. Her family's footy mad. So for her to like buy into it so hard and like to be following the players and be like messaging me through the week, like stories about the players. Did you know this? Did you see this? Like so passionately into it. Now I think like she's going to go on and like say like, oh yeah, I watched that World Cup. was sick. I'm going to get around the Tillies for the next one. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And that's just the kind of chain reaction that I think the World Cup will set off. But the success of it, the way it panned out, like that penalty shootout people are talking about around the world, not just here in Australia. Yeah. We didn't just go in and, you know, like win a couple games. We thought fucked shit up and like really stirred the pot and, you know, threw a few fucking knives out there. So yeah, Australian football is definitely on the map. Oh, 100%. Do you think we will get the Men's World Cup here? I think from the success of the last one, we're in the red hot crack. And I think it's just a matter of time. Like we will definitely get it at some point in the future. I just don't know if it'll be the one that they're bidding for right now. Um, Yeah, because they're talking Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I think there's a lot of other countries too. I feel like Australia is in with the shot to win anything ever. Like a lot of the rest of the world look at Australia as such a great host nation for events like that and such a great destination i think as a whole um we're about to hold the scooter world championships here next weekend yeah heaps of controversy about that oh really oh it's cooked what's the controversy oh there's heaps man because there's two governing bodies and stuff i shouldn't have cracked into this i forgot you love controversy i do love. i hate it i hate it let's get right um, into it there's two governing bodies that have been fighting for the sport there's world skate which is uh the Skateboarding International Federation um, and Roller Skating Federation that's kind of um, helped take skateboarding and stuff like that to the Olympics. Um, They've been the governing body behind that. Um, And they've wanted to adopt us because we used to hold our events through another organisation called the ISA or ISF now, International Scooter Federation, um, at their events. So we used to kind of cross-collaborate. Right. So sort of like with golf. Yeah. At the moment with the whole... Live and whatever else. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. And I feel like they both hold really great things in their own rights. Then neither of them are perfect. And that's the irony is that like people want one to be amazing. And it's like, no, like you've got to take the good and the bad. And people are kind of juggling up between the two at the moment. One of them piggybacks hard off the success of other sports the other one is solely scootering right and the one that's solely scootering is the one that's being held here in australia seems a controversy around the course and things like that they're using an old monster skate bike setup which you would remember um which at first i didn't really think was the best idea and you know i'm like i'm not a competitor anymore um i'm more so just act as like a judge someone in the media in the president's coach everything else other than competitor pretty much. Yeah. Um, when that came up, I was like, oh, I don't know if it's the best idea. Some people are really into it. Some people aren't, whatever. Um, but I like the concept behind what they were trying to do and that was to hold it at a park that no one could possibly ride leading into it, like too far in advance. Because everywhere in the last few years, 
Um, it's been like, in, it was in Lake Havasu last year, which is like a place in Arizona in the States. All the locals from the US could go there and train for like that year leading up to it. Right, yeah. And when so you watch them the ride it, bro, it's not, a, it's not a skate park you just rock up to and just know how to ride. Like it's, it's such a technical setup and the way that you hit the lines and stuff like that. Like watching some of the local guys ride it compared to the international dudes that would usually crush comps. It was, you could see there was like a difference. Like this course is hard to ride and unless you knew what you were doing and you had a set line and stuff like that, you just didn't really perform that well. And there was yeah. a few international riders that did do really well there. But at the same time, it's like one of those things that they tried to eliminate that factor of like having having an advantage, which I liked. Yeah. Um, but the having other alternative was that. Field. Yeah. The other alternative and what a lot of other sports have is they build like purpose-built parks. And we just... I just don't think that foundation has that kind of money to build a world-class setup solely on its own. Whereas the other ones, like I said, piggyback off the fact that other people are using the course and whatever else. And they have all this funding from like the rest of the events that are being held in this one hub at that same time. Like if you go to a, if you go to a world skate event, it's not just a scooter event. Like there'll be yeah. skateboarding on as well. There'll be rollerblading on as well. There'll most likely be BMX, most likely be something else. Like it's everything. And I think that's, one of the biggest things is like you're you're looking at like a, in terms of like you know a small startup business like family run business versus something it's like you know got multiple stores and all this shit and it's like they just operate differently they're both going to have different pros and cons yeah but without getting into the politics of it too much that's pretty much what's going on right okay yeah <clears throat> I'm sure it'll be still a great event fingers crossed man anyway. it's, yeah without diving too far into it <laughs> it's a bit rough in the minute so you're so that's in Sydney yeah which <clears throat> is sick. Um, yeah. Because the first time it's ever been held in Australia, so and it's at Olympic Park at Monster. It's not at Olympic Park. It's being held in Lidcombe. Funnily okay. enough, um, they like I said they've tried to build like this purpose-built thing, um, and yeah, it, it, I don't know how it's going to pan out at the minute. Fingers crossed, it's a great event for scootering's sake um, and for everyone that's travelling out for it. But each their own for me as an Aussie to have it here in Australia. No matter what the fuck happens, it's sick because. We've put so much as Australians, as Western Sydney, realistically, into the sport to f have it like on our doorstep is epic. Yeah. 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 No, that's awesome. Um, well, we'll talk about, <clears throat> that's a good sort of segue into your scooting career. Yeah. <clears throat> Obviously, what are some of your most notable achievements yeah. for you personally? One of the biggest things was um, I signed with a team called Blunt back in the day. I was one of the first original riders. Um, we changed the name of Blunt a few years in due to some, um, some issues internationally. Um, and it then became Envy Scooters, which is now like one of the juggernauts, if not the juggernaut of the scootering industry. Um, yeah, I signed with them with no product realistically. Like it was just a, it was just a whim and it was through Monster Skate Park. I run enough like credit where credit's due. Um, I was coaching there and working there like a little part-time job on the weekends and Dinny, who um, is the creator of Blunt and Envy, he came through. He was running an event called BMX Games. Um, they used to hold some stuff with Monster and he came through and just kind of said, oh, I want to do this thing, rah, 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 to the guys there. And do you guys have anyone that you could recommend? And they recommended me. Um, and he watched me ride for a little bit. And, and yeah, the rest is kind of history. We, we went on a bit of a run. I was with him for like 10 years, um, which was insane. And, it, and what age were you? I signed for them, I think about 15, 16. I was, okay. I was like mid high school. Um, and like I said, at the start, there was no product. And in scootering at that time, there wasn't really many sponsors as well. Like Razor was getting around, Mad Gear had kind of sp sprouted. 
Um, but there wasn't a whole lot of sponsorship. So we were one of the first um, companies to kind of come in and really like smash something here in Australia. And that was where we ultimately did really well. We crushed it in Australia. The scene here was doing really well at that time. Um, there was a few other original writers like Max Peters, Brendan Smith, who in my mind are like some of the greatest of all time. Um, and they really just helped catapult the brand globally. Then we signed some guys in Europe, um, like Flavio Charles, who are like some of the, like I said, some of the goats. And we just had this stacked team. Um, and you know, somehow I stumbled myself into that lineup. Um, I definitely wasn't on the same par as them as a writer, but that wasn't necessarily why I was ever signed to Envy. A lot of it came down to, um, the other things that I was doing in the sport, what I was trying to build my perspectives, my creativity, um, and everything else. I, th I feel like if you look at, you know, any team out there in the world, you can't have 10 superstars and expect them to all do their job or whatever else. So you kind of need those different people. And fortunately enough for me, I signed with them and they turned out to be, yeah, literally the, I would say bias or not the best scooter brand that has existed. Yeah. Yeah. And are you, <clears throat> are you still involved with them? Unfortunately today, not. Unfortunately not. We had a little bit of a sour ending. Um, <laughs> bit of a funny story. But uh, I used to make a April Fool's joke every year and my contract just ended and I was like, yep, April Fool's, like I'm leaving, thanks for everything and whatever else. And the owner kind of blew up. Um, I was like, what the fuck's going on here? And I was like laughing, thinking, hi, oh, dumb dogs. Like <laughs> fell for it again. And then um, I, got this, I got this message and I was like, man, call Dinny. And I called him and... Yeah, unfortunately, he was like, man, we're not going to be offering you a new contract. And I thought he was fucking stitching me up. I was like, April Fool's, your dog, ah, funny ass. And he's like, no, man, serious. And I was like, oh, fuck. And it was a really hard pill for me to swallow. Um, was it over the April Fool's joke or oh, was I think it, just it was, I think it was a lot more to do with the things that were leading into that. Um, and unfortunately, as you would know, in sports and elite sports, it's a bit of a cutthroat industry. When your time's up, your time's up sometimes. And I didn't necessarily think my time was up. And from what we built with the brand leading into those years, my trajectory was never to stay as a writer. Um, and when you look at what I did afterwards, um, I went and worked with a few brands, but like that's what I wanted to do in-house. And that was kind of what was, I don't want to say promised, but I would say like. It was discussed. Yeah. Like yeah. kind of like portrayed to me is what was going to happen. Um, and man, I was black and blue envy. Like I was diehard day one original team member. Like for me, it was, you know, set in stone and it was just like, this is what my life's going to be. I'm going to take a step out of here, go into running like the socials and the marketing and maybe some team management and really build the grassroots plan and work on product and all these exciting things. Someone that was once a writer that, you know, loved these different sides of the sport and the industry. And then when that didn't pan out. I was like, fuck, who am I? Like, what am I going to do? But yeah, but writing for Envy, man, if I had to go back on your question, was like the ultimate thing. And and I got a signature deck um, and stuff with them. I got two actually, which is, you know, one of my greatest achievements ever and something that I will hold so much pride and attachment to till the day I die because it was like, I fucking did that. Like, I can't yeah. believe I did that shit. And, um, and you obviously, you, you represented Australia. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Um, and what, what was it like then? Because like, who would you say, what country is it that like, is it America that like, is like the fucking number one? Or I, don't, like, I don't know, man. Like the States have, I don't want to say it's an advantage. The States have such a good breeding ground 
um, with things like Woodward and the amount of skate parks that they have. But I would say mainly because of their population. Like yeah, there's so many people. Fucking million. It's wild, dude. There's yeah. so many people there. Um, and, you know, when you're competing around high levels and there's obviously the more you have, the higher the level can be, it's wider spread. Yeah. The, like the higher the standard globally, like the better it's going to get. The UK has produced some top tier riders and I think that's probably where I would say he's been the strongest in recent years. There's been a guy named Jordan Clark who's been dominant um, in the scene and, and consistently like just tapping at that podium. Um, I, th- I can't even remember exactly how many he's won. I think it's four or five world championships um, and full credits to JC. Love that bloke. Um, he's just clutched up. That's him as a rider. He is that comp guy. Um, Australia though is like the randomest wild card nation because they all look at us like we're the crazy ones, like we're the guys that are up there. But I just don't think the scene's been strong enough here in recent years I think there's been some unfortunate things with skate parks closing down and and some big hits to the industry um, out here in Australia that has kind of affected the the way it was going. There's a rider named Angus Hughes originally from Wollongong came through um, my monster skate park program um, called Kick and you know trained up to be like one of the best ever. I literally thought he was the best good rider in the world for such a long time and bias or not, many people agree with me. I can't remember what he placed at Worlds, but I know he's on the podium. I'm pretty sure he won Aussie titles and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, to, to see him really succeed and stuff like that in recent years and now, like, have, like, very little interest in wanting to compete, it sucks to see because we're, we're at a point with the sport where we're talking about potentially being in the Olympics um, within the next two Olympic cycles, hopefully um, 2028, um, if, if not 2032 when it hits Brisbane, and which I is think a it- sick thing. Yeah. That would be massive. And I think like, well, exactly. So what year are we in now? Fucking 2023. Yeah. So nine years. So yeah. kids out there watching, yeah. if you fucking love, you know, riding scooters, fucking stick to it. Yeah. There's and a lot you could of be representing your country in, in yeah. our home Olympics. The way know? that I look at it though is like the sport is very young. So I feel like the cycle of pro riders potentially will shift by then. Yeah. Um, but there's like young kids that are in it now, which I feel would be at a peak age. And like, I've had these conversations with their parents. I'm like, it's not guaranteed. But, like, if they love it, I would definitely support them in trying to push it as far as they can because potentially this door could open. And when that opens, it doesn't open the year of the Olympics. It opens four years, five years in advance Yeah. when the government says, we want to win a gold medal. Yeah. Well, let's fucking get this. And also so, a massive yeah. opportunity to be, like, a pioneer. 100%. Of, like, you know, the start. Although the sport's been around for for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to go onto a global stage, yeah. and I mean a, a proper global stage yeah, like sure. the Olympics, you know, there's world champions and championships in that. But yeah. unless you're already a scooter fan, like your yeah. chances of watching it, yeah, like probably pretty low, right? For like, sure, for sure. And that's the funny thing when I meet a lot of people, like, oh, what do you do? I'd never really say like, oh, I'm a scooter rider or anything like that. Then they'll see the Instagram and they're like, dude, what the fuck? You never mentioned that shit. I'm like, yeah, but most people just don't know about it, so I don't really dive into it. Unless you're interested in it, then I'll yeah. fucking, you know, cut it up with you or whatever. But, yeah, Australia's also had success from the Olympics welcoming action sports. We had Logan Martin um, winning BMX. We had, you know, um, Keegan Palmer in skateboarding. Like, we did well, I was just gonna talk really about well. Actually, so, I yeah. Think with someone like Keegan, who he won fucking gold, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had two golds like, in action sports, which yeah, is Yeah, that's awesome. Like In their debuts as well. like, And I think that's only got to help this country in like sure. terms of like kids. You know, they can actually see someone now that they can aspire to be. 100%. Know? Where like, I, I moved to the Gold Coast, started COVID. 
And um, my local skate park is the Australian um, skate facility that they built for training. It wasn't actually finished prior to the Olympics, which is so funny because of COVID, but they finished it up after that. And the Gold Coast Council is investing so much in skateboarding, surfing, things like that. Um, and I think that that cascades down from the Australian government maybe or Queensland government, whatever else. Um, but like where I am right now, like Burley Heads, Miami, Varsity Lakes, Pizzy um, is the local skate park. Like such a little hub for action sports. Yeah. Like the B- Australian BMX team pretty much lives on the Gold Coast. They train in Carrara just up the road. They've got a private facility. Like yeah, it's sick to see my mates reaping the rewards of like their sport being recognised by the Olympics because now the governments are like, oh, yeah, here you go. And is there heaps of kids out there is for the Olympic sports, funnily enough, and this is one of the things working in the scootering industry. Like I said, like, oh, we're going to see a hit. And they're like, no, 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 we'll be right. Like everyone's looking at these COVID numbers and where everyone was just buying shit. I'm like, no, you're a tripping. If you don't think that people are going to watch the Olympics and then not want to be a part of that, you are tripping. And now like BMX, one of our friends, Josh Curry, who started at Monster Skate Park with us, he's built JK Coaching. And it's like, it's this crazy program for BMX, but it's all come off the back of the Olympics. And like, he runs a, a group now that trains with him as their school curriculum. Like like they do school and they ride BMX as part of school. Like they do like That's homeschooling but like skate park schooling I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Um, which is sick. And like he's building like this, you know, little army of potential kids that could win us the next gold medal. Yeah. And it's all off the back of Logan Martin who's like one of our good mates. So it's wild to think about. Like, yeah, that's really that's yeah. really cool. And like that's his business now, you know. And this was a dude that was chilling and not really sure what he wanted to do. And then yeah. his opportunities to rose and he was perfect for it. And now he's in China. They're all in China at the minute. And he's like, all these Chinese people are hitting him up about coaching and whatever else because he's like Logan's mate. And it, it's so wild to think about, bro. Yeah. But that's the opportunities that may come. 100%. Yeah. And like the Olympics is such, especially having a home Olympics. Yeah. Like I don't think people realize like, Maybe they're too young and they all haven't looked into Sydney, what Sydney did yeah. for, for this country. But Brisbane 30, 20 to 32 yeah. will be fucking massive yeah. for Australia. 100%. Massive. Like you cannot put into words how big getting hosting an Olympics is. Yeah. Like it is fucking huge. It's the biggest sporting event on the planet, Yeah, you know, other than maybe yeah. FIFA World Cup. But yeah. like in terms of like global, we, we get national heroes. Yeah, like they're yeah. literally our heroes. Like, during um, 2021 Olympics, right, 2020, um, that was in 2021. Yeah. Man, like I remember like Kaylee, Kaylee McCann or whatever, yeah, um, the swimmer. Yeah. When she fucking won gold, man, and then she got up and like did her whole like um, – they're like, you won gold. What do you have to say? And she's like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, it went off. Like, it was so was sick like, this to is see. so good. And because we're all like sort of locked in our homes and yeah. that and it was like COVID times and like we all desperately fucking needed something to cheer about yeah. and be happy about. Yeah. And I think like that's what the Olympics can do. They can literally build a nation. Like they can yeah. they can 100%. change the whole vibe of a nation. And yeah. just like the Tillys did as well. 100%. And, you know, I think when there's national pride and it's like and it's around the whole of – the country, I think, you know, there's so much room for growth yeah. in all aspects, like yeah. in all industries. For sure. Um, also, shout out to Jess Fox. Yeah, she's been clutching up. Yeah. So consistent. Just won another another world title. Yeah. Um, her fifth, I think. I don't know how many she's fifth or six. She's definitely stacked up a few, that's yeah. for sure. Penrith girl. I know, so Western Sydney. I'll never forget it too. Like when I found that out back in the day, I was like, you train at the Ricketta Center, what? Like, yeah, like, yeah, mental. Touching, yeah. Fucking mental. And, man, she killed it at the Olympics. I was yeah. so proud. Um, 
would love to have you in, Jess, if you're listening. <laughs> Yoo-hoo. Um, yeah, that's that's like one guest I really fucking yeah. really, really want. Yeah. Um, I just think she has such a cool story and, yeah, I'd love to yeah, for sure. get amongst it and yeah. and drink West with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'd get her out, shout out the boys. Now, I do want to talk about, obviously, during, you know, you're a scooter rider and that, but a big part of your life has been your content creation. Yeah. Um, what, at what age were you when you thought I really want to start like documenting my life and putting it out there? Pretty young. Hey, I don't know what it was. I think it was maybe the fact of like skate culture. And I say skate as like a skate park as a whole, action sports as a whole. Um, they used to film like video parts. And when I was younger, you know, we'd watch MTV and there was like different shows on there about skating and BMX and, and all this kind of shit. And it was just like, that was what was cool that's the path that you created and chose. And I knew I was never the best rider, but I always loved like documenting stuff. My dad had cameras when I was younger. So I was kind of like exposed to it pretty young. I would say when I went to high school, that's when the interest started to peak the most because that's when I really dove into the scootering thing and everyone was trying to film like a video part or a sponsor me video or whatever else. So it was just like you'd get whatever the fuck camera you got and just try and mash something up for Vimeo or YouTube and stuff like that once I dove into that aspect and like started making stuff, luckily enough, Instagram came along, um, which was perfect for me. It was shooting photos. I always liked to get like cool angles and, you know, I actually made friends with Cody Donovan and like the core, you know, like Australian scooter scene through a photo that I had on Bebo. Do you remember Bebo back yeah, in the day? Yeah, I had a Bebo account. Yeah. So I did this trick called a turndown and it was like some people iconically could do them really well and most people did them pretty fucking shit. Yeah. Oh, I had a good one and I remember that was my profile photo on there and I was at Jamo one day and Cody was like, oh, I know you. You're the kid with the, the sick turndown. And I was like, oh, yeah, like sweet. And he's like, do one. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I like did one and like we started talking and whatever else and that's how we all kind of became mates and it was literally just through like this one photo. Um, but, yeah, man, when Instagram came about, that's when things really took off for me and it was part and parcel with, with my sponsorship Um, My contract was like I had to post X amount of times per month and and it increased and, you know, at the end of my contract it was like 24 times a month about scootering I had to post, which is, yeah, almost every single day, you know, bar the weekends pretty much, Um, which, mind you, is fucked up. Like it burnt me out so hard. But that was the that was the reality in like my trajectory. I couldn't even think of 24 things to post. Dude, and this is is the problem is that it it became such a burnout topic for me, it's like, oh, I had to do this. It was such a task yeah. that it wasn't fun and it took yeah. the fun out of riding a scooter. It took the passion away. For sure because yeah. it all came about doing that. And I was pretty smart. I linked up with my friend Sean um, who's a good good friend with us here at 27 um, and he was like a, another content creator and stuff like that, just like Nick Air, you know, another filmmaker in the industry. So we would like team up on Wednesdays, go shoot content in the mornings before we went to Monster Skate Park and like run this program. It's like just an all-round scooter day and he had – um, some contracts that he had to uphold uh, content for. So I'd shoot photos of him and videos of him and he'd shoot stuff of me. And he's one of my best mates now. Like we still hang out on the Gold Coast and, and stuff like that. But he helped me massively because we would go shoot the most basic shit. Like we'd go to a skate park, say we went to like Jammo. I'd be like, all right, bro, I need to shoot some photos of my scooter. I need to shoot some photos of me chilling. I need to shoot a couple tricks and anything else is a fucking bonus. And he'd be like, yep, sweet. So we just shoot bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, look at my month. And I'm like, all right, well, I can post one of these here, one of these here, one of these here. And that like helped 
spread me out across the month. Yeah. But I didn't post like writing as much because I just didn't, I don't want to say I didn't have that many tricks, but like some people like die hard into the progression and I really wasn't. I wasn't about like doing the biggest gnarliest stuff all the time. I just enjoyed writing the creativity, the freedom, the self-expression and stuff like that. And it wasn't until Instagram actually made Insta clips and like video available on the platform that I was like, fuck, that's when I really had to go to work. And the Instagram clip became such a vital thing in scootering and action sports as a whole that you were always just trying to get the clip for Insta. And it's ironic now that's pretty much what I do for a living is like film Insta clips. Yeah. <laughs> for people, I'm like, wow, trajectory of it. It's so funny. I don't even remember like because I think I got Instagram quite late. Yeah, um, it started in 2010. 20, so. Okay, I got it fucking pretty late. Yeah, I, I, was, think, I, was, I think I was like 2014. Like, yeah, true. Fuck. How, uh, old you, how old were you in 2014? For, uh, oh, God. I would have been like not that not that young. Um, six. Maybe I got it 2013. I think I was about 16 when I got it. Yeah, because that's the thing. It came out when I was 16. So it was like a, it was like the prime age. Yeah. And then I like led into, you know, the years after that. And that's kind of what helped me ascend as well was I went through some really sick years in my life of like growing up and but still being young enough to be relative to like most of the users on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Instagram's such a great tool. Such a great tool. Hundred percent. Shout out IG. It was big, big <laughs> upside. I mean, Zuckerberg owns it now, so yeah. You know, don't get me started on that. Don't want to. But in <laughs> saying that, too big a in saying that, like that the company. people that actually work at Instagram, like I've I've had a few meetings with them and events and stuff like that. We've got one next week actually. Um, really cool people. Epic, dude. And like the things that they're trying to do, and like when you have conversations with them, it's always about how can we make it better? How can we do these stuff? Like, what are you on? Like, they are from a from a lower scale, definitely trying to make things better for users and more fun. And if you think about their business, they're fucking stupid if they don't because there's so many competitors out there now, TikTok, yeah. whatever else. But like they're all fighting for attention, which is like one of the most valuable currencies in the world, if not the most valuable. And it's just going to get more important yeah. with the digital age. Like it's just going to get more and more important. You know what I fucking love now? Twitter. See, you froth it. I don't know. I The only reason I froth it is because of Elon Musk taking over and the fact that I can say whatever the fuck I want now. Yeah, true. See, I can see that for sure. You know, I can't be the speak free guy and not like promote freedom of speech. No, nah, like, for sure. You know, so I, f- I feel like it just hasn't really popped off in Australia. Like Twitter in the yeah. UK, every time I would it's go over very, there, um, family's on it. I got right into it because I did journalism at, at uni. Yes. So it was a very good place to get instant news yeah. updates, right? Yeah. Um, now I use it to bash politicians, but... <laughs> This you know what I wrote? I remember the first day Elon Musk took over Twitter and it was like, free, it's going to be freedom of speech. It's going to be, yeah. you know, you will it's not get change. banned pretty yeah. much. And I'm like, fucking yes, cunt, hectic. I spent all the COVID years getting fucking Facebook jailed every yeah. fucking, <laughs> like I'd be back on for like a day and I'm fucking off again. I'd like yeah. hashtag scamdemic and yeah. gone. Yeah. Another 30 days and they like threatened to close down my account yeah. forever and shit. I was like, okay, fuck. <laughs> Better stop. But I remember the first day and I remember I found an Albanese post that was like, I come from, um, I'm just from a single parent household from housing commission. And I wrote on there, you've been leeching off us since you were a kid, you fucking cunt. <laughs> Such a <laughs> fucked up thing to say. But like at the same time. But I time, wanted to test it, you yeah, know. Yeah, at the same and time. like did you not get banned. Yeah. So well, I do back the whole freedom of speech thing. I feel like the internet though can have some toxic people on it. Yeah. And that's where it's it's such a fucking hard line to to set to. Like what it is, is the a hard line between like hate between speech and and freedom of speech. Standing up right? for what you think, yeah. I just think if you're talking about 
uh, unless you're calling for violence against someone, yeah, I think everything should be all right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like against someone or a group of people, if you're writing on there, you know, like fucking all women should be shot dead. Like, yeah, probably that should be taken down. Can't yeah. you know? You're a dickhead. Not probably, but yeah, definitely <laughs> absolutely you take yeah. him down. You but know? yeah, I get even what you're if saying. it is like a. I do get what you're saying. But for me, it's like I think there needs to be more. It's hard because some people just have really fucking thin skin. Yeah, but. There needs to be more sort of education on like, you know what? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. If you don't like it, guess what? Just block the cunt or get off there or that. Like your phone, when you're on it, your phone's not like, it's not physically hurting you. Just turn it off. Turn That's it the off. thing, man. They, they don't have the, people don't have the tools to battle that addiction. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's here. It's not, it's not in the, uh, it's not in the props today, but I've noticed in some of the videos in the past you had the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yes. That book is that a banger. Because I've only just got the... Oh, uh, righto. Make America Great. Make America Great again. It's an original. It's yeah. an OG. Well the, well, the subtle art of not giving a fuck was actually the first book that I ever read post-school. I used to think of reading as like such a fucking joy in school. I'd be like, oh, fuck off. Like, don't give me this book. I don't, I'm not going to read it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I was not bad at school, but definitely didn't apply myself anywhere near as much as I could have. Um but that, that book was something that I read in COVID and that like kickstarted a whole new chapter of my life where now I'm like actively trying to read as much as I can. And part of that, the biggest part of that book and essentially what the whole fucking thing is about, like the title is, I mean, is like figure out what to give a fuck about, figure out things not to give a fuck about. And if you shouldn't give a fuck about it, don't give a fuck about it. And yeah. it sounds so basic. And apply it. Like but properly actually, apply it. Yeah, but actually you know? applying it is the thing. And he, he gives you a lot of great tools in there. And yes. if you guys haven't read that book, I highly suggest it. Or listen yes. to the audio book. Yeah. Um, they're making audio a books fucking are now available on Spotify. By they the way. Are. I know. Spotify How good premium. is that? Get a premium account. So, Girls. yeah, I know your premium went up a dollar, but guess what? That's all right. Cop you can, it. You can uh, listen to audio books and watch uh, Speak Premium Matty J. For you know? sure. So. For sure. Get around <laughs> it. Support the boys. But at the same time, like they're making a movie that, or they have made a movie or a documentary about that book. Like the fucking success of that book is not luck. It It's so real. And the way that he talks is, you know, just like how you or I would, he fucking swears the whole way through yeah. it. And I feel like that's what really helped me like, I don't want to say figure out that I enjoyed reading, but like I, I would say like fall into like, oh, this could actually be fucking a good thing for me. Yeah. Because I didn't feel like I was reading some textbook from school. I felt it like, like I was, a conversation. Eh? I was about to say, I felt yeah. like I was having a conversation and I set myself a goal that I was going to read one chapter a day, every day, and it wouldn't take that long. And the first few times, I think it took me about 45, 50 minutes. I got it down to about half an hour every single day. I'm like, 30 minutes of your day could fucking change your life and people don't understand that enough. And once I started doing that, I kind of kept on to it. I've been a bit shit lately. But I find that I usually read books when I need them in my life. And if I'm not, if I'm not really fucking with it, it's because the book doesn't really like line up with kind of where I'm at. Different points of time. From there, I went on to read Atomic Habits, which if you haven't read that. That's what I was just going to bring up. Actually. One of the goats. Um, I'm listening to it at the moment. Audiobook. So um, good, dude. But yeah, it's really fucking good. I don't want to talk about it because obviously you're just, you're listening to it and I don't yeah. want to fuck it off you. But like those two books back to back single-handedly changed my life. Yeah. Like without doubt changed my life. And I've got a bunch of other recommendations for you after that for sure. And I think like, I, I think people don't really realize the power of reading like it's opening your mind and that's why it I is. don't want to shun freedom of speech and people talking because you want to open your mind, your perspectives and yeah. you want to kind of be open to new information. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I'm learning more and more as of late is like just because you might not believe something right now doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah. And, and just because 
it's not yours doesn't mean it's not true for someone else. Yes. Like it's not your truth, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree. Um, <laughs> so funny today I had that with me at work. And um, yeah, because <laughs> it came in like it came a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I might wear it, and I was like, you know what? No, I'm just taking it in as a prop, loved it, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a few people paid me out for it at work, and um, and then one one guy in particular <laughs> at my work, he's not gonna watch this, fuck it. Um, but he like came over, like at first he was like. Oh, he's a fucking, he's a lunatic, you know? And I thought, ah, oh, right. Like he doesn't like drama. Cool. Yeah. That's all right. Um, I kind of didn't say anything back. And then he came over like, like sort of like let down. <laughs> I'm sitting down. He kind of like let over and he's like, he's a fucking idiot. He fucking killed his own people. Sent him into the fucking camera. And I'm like, fuck, this gun's actually fucking mad really that I'm it. a Trump supporter. And that, that's what I was saying to you. Like, you know, prior when we just, just met and we were chatting before this, like I'm not someone that's very political because I just don't, buy into it I'm, I don't feel like I'm knowledgeable enough to really like dive into it and I kind of don't give a fuck because I feel like I'm one person I can have one opinion but like collectively as a whole we usually pick the prime minister or president if you're in the US or whatever else like it's a collective decision you can have your say and you can voice your opinions and shit but like collectively you decide not fucking single-handedly you decide yeah. and it's like all the government just kinda, decide for oh, themselves yeah, exactly but. that's another topic <laughs> but like you know fuck I kind of just take it as it comes, like, you know, throw my vote in there when I need to throw my vote in there. But at the same time, it's like, fuck, I'm not really going to change the world. And maybe that's maybe that's a stupid fucking arrogant thing for me to say, like, or, you know, not really understanding the impact that I could have on certain topics. But, like, I feel like I'm just, like, trying to fucking live my life and, and do the things that I'm fucking good at. And, and you know what? That I give and a fuck about. And, and that's totally <laughs> so fine. So like, um, I think when... Uh, because I am such a politic, political person and I've been very loud about it, I think when people meet me or that they expect me to like want to dive into those conversations, yeah. I'm like, I actually don't give a – like if you're, that's not your thing, fucking sweet. Like yeah. it's not my thing. To, I don't wake up like what am I going to – Raging about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm – you know, if I see something that I disagree with or if I have a strong view, I might post something or that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And – but if someone doesn't care about it, I'm not going to like – I hang out with people who are totally apolitical, right? Like yeah. some of my best friends and we never talk politics. Yeah. And that's fucking sweet. Like yeah. that, that suits me fine. I like having a break from it like yeah. as well. Um, also in terms of the voice, if anyone's wondering why I haven't brought that up on the potty, I just thought fucking there's yeah. no point. And especially this episode will come out after it's already happened. So yeah. if the yes vote one, if the no vote one, we'll fucking know by the time this comes out. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to put that out there that I'm not like avoiding the issue. I just like, you know, didn't really want to fucking talk about yeah. it on the potty. Um, but you can check out my um, my own social media if you want to know my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was um, but yeah, but and it's um, but that goes with everything too. You know, like um, you know, I'll hang out with people who are into all sorts of things that I'm not into, and yeah, it does. That's almost the best thing to do. Yeah, like to open your mind to different shit is just go fuck with something that you haven't experienced before or. Or whatever else. One of the big things for me, like getting into the snowboarding industry and stuff like that, like, and there was skiers, and it's kind of on the skate park thing, you know, snowboard, skiing, skateboard, scooter, same shit, dude. Like, they're all we're all the same people, and like, I've just got that opinion from the, from the skate park. So when we go and ride with them, like, I hang out with all these skiers, and now I camp is snowboard and ski, and some people are like, oh, that's whack. I'm like, what? 
you just got to open your mind to it. Like <gasps> someone whack. else can be having the exact same frothy time that you're having. People are so weird. Something else. Eh? It's fucked, man. But People like, are so weird. Go get around shit that you don't get around. Even the AFL, that's one of my things on the next the next calendar year. I'm like, I want to go to an AFL game. I've never been. I'll go with you. Yeah, for sure. Because my mate is a Collingwood fan. Yeah, oh, fuck. They'd be raging then. Yeah. yeah. Out the pod, so he's whatever. been wanting me to go down to Melbourne and go to a game with him. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'd love to go watch a game at the G. Yeah, I'd love to yeah. watch it. That, I say the same thing. I'd love to watch a game in Melbourne. I yeah. feel like if you're going to get around it, fucking go to the top. No yeah, no, so. yeah. 100,000 people, yeah. you know. Yeah. Even like these regular season games, I get like fucking 92,000. Yeah, it's like, what sick. the fuck? That's epic, yeah. But there's also fucking nothing to do. It's with so Melbourne, wild so. though because at the same time, like you know, Western Sydney's like, other than GWS, like you don't really give a fuck about the AFL. No one really knows about it. Like I didn't really grow up knowing many people that played it or whatever. And it's like yeah. wild because if you go to Melbourne, it's eat, sleep, breathe AFL. Oh, they're yeah. gods down there. Yeah, even their wives are fucking goddesses. <laughs> like yeah. they come out, they're fucking, yeah. they're famous. That as is, fuck. that is, yeah, that is the thing in Melbourne, isn't it? You know what I recently found out? That country New South Wales fucking love AFL. Country New South Wales loves everything. <laughs> but apparently they're not rugby league fans, right? Some of them do. It depends where you go. And so I think it's like the communities in the country. I just met my mate's missus. They live in Wagga together now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wagga's like another Adelaide, I think. Though. Yeah, right. Okay. Weird. I don't know. That they makes like sense. it as well. That must be why they love their fucking. Yeah. Because, God, I mentioned that my mate was a Collingwood fan and she. Oh, God. Cut sick. <laughs> Cut sick on me. <laughs> Fuck Collingwood. I'm like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You're fucking New South Welshman. Yeah, exactly. Get amongst a real sport. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Shut it, Shanice. Oh, South Australia, mate. They're another fucking breed, eh? Yeah. It's my nan and popper from South Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear what they actually just got this week? No, nah, I haven't been in the country, so I yeah. haven't been seen so too much. The yeah. iPhone 4 just came out in Adelaide. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, yeah, crazy. <laughs> crazy. They're really excited about <laughs> well, it. Well, they haven't got 3 or 4G, so yeah. fucking <laughs> no point in having that thing yet. <laughs> well, that's all right. 5G gives you a fucking cancer yeah, in your ass. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, with your content creation, obviously you, you had a YouTube channel. Yep. You stopped posting yeah. on YouTube, what, three years ago? I went through a bit of a mid... Oh, I don't want to say midlife crisis. I'd say a personal crisis. It's I went through a bit of an I hope it's not a midlife crisis. No, 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 no. Bit young. <laughs> Run down a time cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went through a bit of an identity crisis and and who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do with my life post the Envy career and some other personal things happening in my life. Um, and, yeah, like YouTube was one of those things that I was doing at the time because it was a great opportunity for, for me to try and grow myself, my own brand, um, which was the most important thing I'd worked on up until that point um, or that I thought I needed to work on up until that point. Like we'd help build Envy or Blunt to this, like I said, juggernaut before, but myself I felt like I could do a lot more. Um, so that was one of the, the opportunities that arose and I was like, oh, it's sick. And there was some guys having some really great success on it. I tried to do it, so much work, and my partner at the time was really supportive of it. It was one of those things, man, where in Australia we just don't have the, you know, like the people, the population to really like get around something and being a niche sport within that community was even harder. Like I have a friend, Raymond Warner, shout out our dub. He was killing it on on YouTube. We've got other mates, Tanner Fox, a bunch of other names um, that we could drop the funk bros, whatever else that were like crushing it. But they're all like California based. There's more fucking people in California and there is in fucking Australia like tenfold. So it's like, you know, it just wasn't weighing up. And YouTube is such a big thing over there that it was like normal. Whereas you try to film a video here and people are like, what the fuck are you doing with the camera in my shop? Or in my McDonald's drive-thru, why are you pointing a camera at me? I'm like, fucking relax. It's, 
Like we're just having a good time, but that was that was the and struggle. And that is the Australian way, right? It's it, like it a, is, but it's changing. I think it, it, it's definitely we're just, changing. We're just I think slow. I think TikTok, if anything, has actually made that maybe a little sure. bit more acceptable. Like yeah. of like people out there like content creating for sure. Um, I feel like also people just fucking buying into the content. Like Australia's just got some good creators at the minute. Great creators, yeah. great podcasts. Yeah, fantastic podcasts yeah. out there. Killing it, um, especially in the sporting for sure. Area. Yeah, sure. who do you listen to? Just um, shout out any, Let's give some flowers. Uh, well, basically with footy, it's just Hello Sport. Yeah, uh, rugby league guru sometimes, yeah. um, and obviously bloke as well. He's yeah. just fucking one of it. the goats. Also, one of the nicest people I've ever met. Hundred percent. Kempi is like, yeah, I had a really really good chat with him. And when I can tell someone's genuine, is if they actually ask a follow up question, like fucking oath. And um, and he was so interested in my podcast when I met him, like at the grand final, not. That just happened last year. Yeah. Um, so interested. He was, yeah, asking me so many questions. That's and I was it. like, you're a real cunt. Like, that's the tell. thing too. Like anyone that's found any fucking form of success, nine times out of 10 will show some love about your hustle, your grind, or want to know what you're doing. Like everyone yeah. that's won wants other people to win. And Because and you realize that it's not like always one person at the top. Exactly. There's room for fucking and everyone. And those are the people that realize what it was like when it, at the start. Well, right? they know because you they have remember. to fucking start somewhere. They remember. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the people who usually hate on you are people who've never fucking tried. 100%. And they won't, dude. And they won't they because they're too to afraid. They yeah. And they'd rather, they'd rather, you know, hate on someone because what really they're doing is hating on themselves for not having a go, right? It's regrets, bro. Yeah, it is. Jealousy yeah. and regrets. Especially older people I've noticed. And then in the younger people, it's people who are probably too afraid. And in older people, it's people who wish well, they weren't too afraid. Yeah, and those people are too afraid often are followers. So it's yes. like they look for some, they look for something to feel a part of, whether it's positive or negative, they'll fucking attach themselves to it and yeah. run with it. And whether or not that's who they truly are, what their true beliefs or not, often it doesn't really matter. They just kind of jump into something because it's cool or they can feel welcomed or they can feel a part of something and they can jump aboard with something. Yeah. This world is full of people wanting to just fit in, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, um, I do want to talk about tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. Now, we saw it a little bit with the with the Tillies. Um, we've seen it massively over the years. <clears throat> One of the biggest ones for me that, like, is so, like, strikingly clear is Tones and I, right? Mm. Yeah. When she was busking at Byron Bay and she was a chick who lived in a van... Every cunt loved her, right? Yeah. Then she killed it at Splendor and every cunt was fucking, this is hectic. Like yeah. she's fucking killing it. Soon as her song starts getting played on Kiss or Nova or fucking all everywhere. this shit. Everywhere, right? It so went and blew up. Such a viral song. Such a viral song. And yeah, I get it. It can get annoying, right? Any song can get annoying if you listen to it nonstop. Um, but to like attack her as a person yeah. for like becoming successful, I just thought like, Fuck this country, man. Like, I See, love Australia. Yeah. I, I don't love even Australia, think it's just Australia. I think it's just fucking the internet as well. Like, something's cool until it's not cool. And as soon as it's done, it's fucking gone. And, like, yeah, it's fucking wild. Like, yeah, there's so many people. You look at the Panthers. Everyone loves to hate the Panthers at the moment. At the moment, yeah. But, like, a few years ago, no one gave a fuck about the Panthers, bro. Yeah. No Who hates fuck. the Tigers right now? Exactly. No one. No one gives a fuck about Because they're not the a threat. Exactly. <laughs> and it, that's the weird thing. And, like, people also, like, dive into things so passionately, which I'm all for. Like, fuck, if you get around something, get around it. But also know when to fucking pull up. Yes. And that's one of the things too. It's like you got to know where, where the line is and like when it's just a game and when it's just whatever. And you can be super passionate and get around stuff. But at the end of the day, like there's a whole other side to it. Have you ever seen um, Have you ever seen the um, Swamp Kings? 
No. It's on Netflix right now. And if anyone's watching this, jump on there. It's an Untold. Have you ever seen the series Untold? Yeah. So it's one of them. It's called Swamp Kings. It's on the Florida Gators. Okay. Um, University of Florida's NFL team for anyone that's listening. Fucking insane story. And I just finished watching it the other day. But they were talking about as well. And like there was years when they were successful then they weren't successful. And they went on this little run and whatever else. But tall poppy syndrome, same thing. Everyone wants to cut you down. Everyone's against you, whatever. And one of the guys said a really good thing. It was like there was a moment they lose this game. And I won't say what it is in case you haven't watched it. But they lose this game that they probably should have won. And it would have like just taken them to a whole nother level. And he was like, what we didn't realize was we'd beat them last year. And we'd embarrass the fuck out of this team. So they were out to get us. They had nothing to lose. We had everything to lose. Yeah. Kind of thing. So like the pressure was always on us and whatever else. But like I look at everything like that in life. Like we are so often just focus on ourselves and don't really look at how what we say or do might damage someone else or whatever else. And that's why like the whole trolling thing and like online presence. And I'm kind of cautious right now about what I do and don't say. And even with the whole scootering thing in Australia, there's so much controversy and so many people like – Sending me messages like, what do you think about this? And I'm just like, oh, no comment at the minute. Like purely because I do have an opinion and it is good to voice it sometimes, but I don't think it'll do any fucking good. And if I don't think someone will do any good for someone else, I'm like, it's not going to fucking do any good for me. Like yeah. making, there's this book that I read, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And if you haven't read it, fucking get around yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen so that good. Well. You would have seen it. It's one, <coughs> of, one yeah. of the best sellers. And I was actually bought it in the UK with my pop and he's like, I fucking read this book way back in the day. I'm like, I fucking guarantee you did. And they talk about something. It's like no one wins an argument. And to someone like, you know, like yourself that loves the controversy and loves the debate and stuff like that and like a lot of people get around it. I Yeah. You I can gain I, a lot from an, from an argument, but you have to be open enough to gain it because otherwise you're just butting heads and it just doesn't end. Exactly. But and that's one big thing I pride myself on is that I am open to uh, – <clears throat> I, I see this podcast and, and people like Joe Rogan, right, like – it's such a great platform to find common ground because yep. I think what's missing in the world at the moment is everyone has their two cents yep. and and that's where they leave it. It's like we're not actually conversing with each other. We're not actually talking to each yeah. other. There's such a fear of like, you know, like no one will say hello to each other on the – and, you know, these don't fucking help. Yeah. But, um, but no one will say hello to each other out in public anymore. That's one thing that I'm actually try, actively trying to change is like I go for a run a lot in the Gold Coast and I'm like – I didn't really have many mates when I moved up there, like outside of my skate park circle. So one thing I tried to do, I joined this run club, shout out Alfred's. Um, but every time I go running by myself, if I like pass someone or if I'm like running myself, say what's up. And usually you see the same fucking people all the time because they're out there getting it. Same, you all have routines and shit like that. I see like certain people, like, what's up, man? What's up, man? What's up, man? I'm like, hey, how you going? And I see a bunch of ladies that remind me of my mum. And I've like said, every time I see a lady that reminds me of my mom, I'm going to give him a compliment and I'm going to say something that I wish someone would say to my mom. And it's like the littlest thing, dude, I feel fucking sick every time I do it. Yeah. Like every time I see this little lady, you know, 50, 60 odd, and I'm just like, yes, out here walking, like love what you're doing, man. Like keep killing it. Have a sick day. Keep running. doesn't have to be. And they would love that. They would fucking. I don't even know if they fucking hear me half the time. I'm just (laughs) flying past. I'm just like, yes, yeah. And half the time they're like, what the fuck's this kid yelling at me? But at the same time, like there is times where I have seen them and they're like, or I see them again and they're like, and they're waving at me and they're fucking full of joy. And I'm like, that's sick. Because if someone did that for my mum, I'd love it. And that's the way I kind of fucking go about it. Yeah. Yeah, man. People just don't fucking communicate enough. They don't. And, um, and we like, it's the, 
it should be the center of everyone's like day to day life. Like yeah. I just, you know, that's why I love doing this For because sure. it's like you have that real actual connection yeah. between two people. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can find out so much. Like we probably have different opinions on a lot of shit, For right? Like, sure, dude. For sure. But it doesn't mean like, because I think we just live in this world now where it's like, if you don't think like me, then we can't get along. Yeah. Like, us versus them. And you know, the yeah. amount of people like, I think COVID really showed it to us as well. Like yeah. this, you know, Divide. and I remember writing, uh, it was during like the height of, you know, the vaccine rollout and all the shit. And I wrote like, if you want to get vaxxed, sweet. I'll love you the same. Like yeah. it's not going to change. Yeah. If you don't want to get vaxxed, sweet. I'm going to love you the same. Like it yeah. doesn't matter. Like yeah. I think the, the quicker we all realize that like each person has their own individual take on things due to their own upbringing or circumstances or experiences they've gone yeah. through or how they perceive the world. And unless we actually talk with each other like on a on a calm like – open level, yeah, yeah. then we're never fucking going to get anywhere. We're yeah. going to be this divided country, this divided world. For sure. And it's going to stay that way. And I think like, and because I am so opinionated, I think people like sometimes think I'm just going to like shut them down, but I'm not like, I'm yeah. very fucking open. Like yeah. I want to have deep conversation. I want to like get to know why someone thinks a certain way and explain why I think a certain way. And yeah. I think when you do that, you create like, like a much stronger connection. hundred percent. And that's what I was about to jump in and say, like, it's where you build connection. People yeah. people don't see that. You don't always have to agree with someone to build a connection with them. Um, but yeah, just hearing people out and and opening the doors for those conversations is a massive thing too. Like mental health, one of those things as a culture, we're all like, yeah, you know, are you okay day? Mental health awareness month this month, ironically. Um, and I've been someone that previously in the past has been a bit of an advocate for it. I've suffered from it myself. I've lost close friends to it. And it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, we can keep talking about it, but unless we really do the little shit to change and build a fucking better foundation, like not much is going to probably change in the next 10 years. And that's what's fucked up. So you, I agree. you need to like really open those doors. And part of it is having those conversations and those little things and like it comes out like, fuck, man, I lost a couple of mates. And unfortunately, like your friend groups are never the same from it and, and you go through it, but you take certain things out of it that you're going to benefit from. So now like there's certain things like a lot, like I always tell people I love them and, you know, myself and Nick unfortunately went through a loss recently with our friend Luke and he just happened to be in the Gold Coast and he was like, fuck dude, like where are you at? Like let's link. We just went to the skate park and we just had a beer and we just sat there and we just fucking all cried and, and spoke about Luke and some of the good times, the bad times and spoke about ourselves. And it's one of those things that, if that hadn't happened, we probably wouldn't have had that conversation. And Nick's one of my fucking best mates. I've known him my whole life and we don't need to speak all the time to, to have that conversation, but I probably wouldn't call him up and say, bro, I'm having a bit of a shit day. Can I talk to you? And a lot of people kind of have those shit days and hold on to it. And we need to understand that even if people can't take your call or, or, or whatever else, they're dealing with their own shit as well. That's one thing yeah. that I've learned as well is that to be able to, listen to someone genuinely really well and, and to absorb it and to not even give them feedback to, but to be present with them, you need to have a good mindset or mental space yourself. And as someone that struggled with my own battles, like there's times when I can't fucking deal with someone else's load because I'm like, man, I've just got a lot of shit on my plate right now. I'm juggling. I would love to fucking help you, but I'm probably not the person. And a lot of people don't have someone else or, or whatever else, but I just feel like as a community, as 
young people coming up and realizing how much of a fucking issue this is. We need to open those doors and have those conversations and and really just build a better understanding and, and a better education system around the fact that sometimes your friends are going to be there for you, sometimes they're not, but doesn't mean they don't fucking love you and that they don't care. Like you've got to fucking just – so it's such a deep topic for me to get into, but you've got to yeah. understand when you're in a shit moment, people give a fuck like and it's so hard to see and I'm not saying it's it's easy to – dig your way out of them because some people don't see a way out. And unfortunately that's how we lose so many fucking great people. But yeah, there is help out there and you need to find the different ways. And it might not be your mates. It might be a stranger. It might be calling a fucking helpline. It might be posting something really fucking vulnerable on your social media and just saying like, Hey, if anyone is willing to fucking take a call right now, I need to call someone cause I'm not in a good space. Do you know, if you fucking did that, I guarantee there would be fucking numbers up there. I remember this one night, saw this guy who was clearly struggling. Wouldn't, I'm not going to say his name, but definitely not, not like one of my mates. We just went to school together. wasn't in my year or anything like And I just saw it. And I knew this dude was fucking struggling. And I just sent him a message. And I just said, hey, man, I just want you to know there's a lot of fucking people out there that really love you. And no matter what you're going through right now, it will get better. You just got to fucking hold on to it. If you would like to call me, I'd love to fucking hear from you. I'd love to speak to you. I give a fuck. And it was just like one of those things that – I wasn't sure if he was going to reply and he replied to me in fucking seconds and he just splurted, fuck, thank you so much, man, I'm all good. Like, And I was like, no, 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 and I just kept going and I was just like, just no, man, Like, if you need to fucking call me, you got my number now, fucking call me in three hours from now when I'm dead asleep. I said, if I don't answer, fucking keep calling. I said, send me a message, man, Like, I'll call you back in the morning. Like, I fucking want to have this conversation with you. I want to hear you out. Yeah. I want to help you. And not a lot of people put themselves out there to be on the receiving end of that because they – they see people struggling and it's such a hard thing, but you can't, like I said, you don't have the you don't have the support system within yourself. You don't have the mental state within yourself to go, oh, I can fucking offer myself to that person right now because you're dealing with your own shit. It's and a, fucking hard. It is. And and I think everyone can, re- even if they haven't been in that exact situation before, and I think most people would have, but to some extent, but even just being in conversation with people, right? Yeah. Like, being present in a situation, any situation, like you could be out for a dinner for a friend's birthday yeah. and you know when you're not fully there, yeah. when you're going through yeah. shit. It's 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 hard. It's hard yeah. to be present, right? Yeah. It's hard to come in here and do a fucking podcast when I'm like not not, not all there, yeah. you know, or like I have other shit on my mind or I haven't slept because I got on the Dexies the night before Nick's podcast, you know, like, <laughs> hey, still killed it, still fucking killed it. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, like, and it is, and it's really, really hard to be, to be present when you are dealing with your own stuff. But I think also just some honesty goes a long way. Yeah. Um, so if someone does reach out to you and you are too fucking muddled in your own head, yeah. just explain that to them. And yeah. I think most people, especially if they're going through shit too, they would come to an understanding of like, okay, that's all right. And find another sort of support for 100%. them. You know? Well, think about it, man. Most people like, they're like, Oh, you know, no one's fucking there for me. No one, whatever. As you get older, you lose a lot of friends and that's not necessarily that you lose relationships. You just don't keep in touch as much and you kind of grow apart. Everyone does naturally fucking everyone's so focused on their own shit. And as you get older, the responsibilities pile up. They don't, you don't get less, you get fucking more. So it's like you get more on your plate, more on your plate, more on your plate. And you have all this to focus on for yourself. You're not really looking at what other people are always doing. You're not analyzing everything in their lives and you don't see it through their lens. So it's like you often miss the little things and the signs and the things that they might put out there. 
And that's when it comes down to like you need to fucking reach out to your mates and build an environment or whatever else that actually just openly supports it and, and opens the door to have those conversations. And I'm lucky enough I'm building a support crew around myself now when I'm having a shocker, I can just – I usually get a message from about something random and I'm just like, hey, man, I'm sorry, I'm just having a fucking shit day. And then it opens another conversation and it opens whatever. Oh, fuck, let's hang out. Let's get a sauna on the side. Let's go for a walk. Let's get a, Let's go for a run. Let's go to the skate park. Like you need to build that environment and have those tools to deal with it. And there's a there's a really great, uh, really great guy named Cooper Chapman. Um, you might have heard of him. He's got a podcast called The Good Human Factory. Oh, The Good Human Podcast, I think it's called. Um, he's doing a lot of great things, school workshops about mental health. And he did this, um, I don't know what you call it, fucking presentation with the readiness camps that I work on, one of the programs I work with, um, which teaches young youths about mental health and mental strength and readiness. Um, we usually work with a lot of the young athletes, but he did it and he was a former pro surfer. His sister is Fisher, you know, the DJ Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. His sister is Fisher's missus. Um, and he was a pro surfer and he got dropped from his sponsors and kind of crumbled on the world tour and stuff. Like that. And he did this bucket exercise and he fills it up with water and he puts stickers on there and he goes through and he asks the kids or whoever's listening, like, you know, what's one thing you could do to let a bit of the fucking pressure off your shoulders or take a bit of the weight out or release some water from the bucket you know someone might say oh working out and you go, cool peel the sticker off and you fucking watch the water piss out of this this can this can like into a bucket and you're like all right it kind of makes sense i can see it going down and it goes through and it's what's another thing you could do oh, fucking talk to one of my friends yeah cool pull it. and he like goes through and builds all these and talks about all these different tools and things that you could do and you realize how many of them you actually have access to that you maybe don't utilize and he's like cool now think about trying to do every single day-to-day task with that bucket on your head and it's so wild but that's realistically what it is like when you wait when you've got so much weight on you it's really hard to like kind of persevere or to perform at your best or to do whatever so you got to have those things in place and you got to know fuck even when i don't want to go for this run it's going to be good for me even when i don't want to do this and something like my whole thing now is i try and exercise every day and if i'm not feeling like fucking running or going to the gym or whatever else i'm like cool i'm gonna go for a walk and listen to a fucking podcast i'm gonna chill out like today, I've been a bit crook the last few days. I went for a walk around Warragamba. I've seen every fucking square inch of Warragamba. <laughs> Nothing's changed in my life. How's the dam going? Fuck, still there, mate. Still full? Still, Is it oh, full? Fuck no, I didn't even look at the water level <laughs> straight past the bus. But that's the whole thing, man. Like, you know, know so much about it. But like, get outside. Get some fresh air. Fucking do those little things. I felt amazing after it, dude. And I was just staring at a laptop screen before that, just cranking out some work. And it's you just need to have those tools and you need to understand the importance of them. And you actually need to implement them. Yeah, that's the biggest thing too. You yeah. actually need to implement. It. So many yeah. people say, "Oh, implementation. This will be good for me." And consistency, consistency, very hundred percent. Atomic habits. You're reading it right now. Fuck, yeah, it's the go for yeah. that shit. Well, I've just um, I'm joining gym on Saturday. Yeah, I've been sick. waiting for it to reopen. I was yeah. meant to join on Saturday, and then I was so crook, and I was like, "Do you have a Do you have a goal with joining the gym? Like, is there a reason you want to do it, or is reading the book just, one of those motivators?" No, it's not. I I, I had chosen before. Yeah. Um, I've started eating healthy. Like, I yeah. started eating really well. I mean, yeah. I had KFC, but I was on the road. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been on eighteen hundred calories a day. Yeah, I'm not um, a calorie counter. I don't I don't know much about that shit. See, I need to sweet. I need to to get to a certain. Uh, you know, level of health. I had a really high blood pressure and yep. and that. So I was like, all right, it's time for a fucking change. I um I lost a lot of weight in twenty twenty. Yep. And then obviously the big lockdown happened in twenty twenty one and you know, different work situations happened and I yep. was doing light and easy and then I couldn't couldn't really afford it anymore and got lazy and you know yeah. everyone got lazy over 100%. COVID, you know and and then it's taken me probably this long to sort of real 
realize no, this is what I, and it's going to be a lifestyle change now. I don't want to look at it as like a diet and get to a certain yeah. weight and be like, fuck yeah. Like yeah. before I, um, I was pretty obsessive with the scales. Like, yeah. And I think it was really unhealthy to be that way. Like yeah. now I just want to notice, am I feeling good? Yes. Sweet. Hectic, fuck yeah. That's you know? sick. That's sick to hear because a lot of people, when they say, oh, I'm going to start going to the gym, they always have like this goal of like, oh yeah, I want to get to this or I want to get to that. And it's like, start going to the gym to fucking keep going to the gym. And like, yes. it, it's, it's a weird thing to talk about if you, if you haven't really experienced it and you haven't really built it's those changing. kind of positive habits in your life. Yes. But atomic changing habits, from negative to positive. hundred percent. Right? Atomic yeah. habits taught me so much about the little things, the one percents, because it's not, it's not fucking 50, 50. You don't flip the switch. You don't flip the coin and your life's changed. You need to implement all these things. There's shit days. There's good days. It's all about building as much consistency in routine. And that doesn't mean like eating the same fucking foods, doing the same gym workout, doing the same thing. It's like the positive things. So one thing for me is like I used to fucking love chocolate, dude. And I still do. And anyone that knows me, especially my housemates, be like, you still eat it every day. And I fucking do. But it's one of those things where I stopped buying as much and I stopped fucking like relying on it. And now I'm like, all right. I'm going to buy a fucking packet of Tim Tams and that's going to fucking last me. And I'll try and make that last. And I'll stretch it out. But I don't fucking eat them all day. Yeah. When they're there, it's like an after dinner snack or whatever. Yeah. Or like a little. And that's okay. 100%. But back in the day, I just fucking eat it like it was an option. Yeah. Like that was lunch. (laughs) Fuck no, mate. It ain't. And it's it's understanding those little things and and the benefits of them. Now I eat way more fruit than I used to. Yeah, same. I think and I fucking love fruit. Bro, it's fucking underrated. I swear. Bruh, you know what I was eating? I was eating a not fucking convenient. That's I was eating an organic banana the other day. Yeah. Right? Um and, and you know what? I used to be that <laughs> used Like to be, the other ones aren't really that organic. Yeah. Well, they're not. No, nah, I know what you mean. They're like, not. Yeah, and you know what? And my mum was like, I don't like what the fuck's organic? And I'm like I'm like, all it means, mum, is that it's not been sprayed with all these harmful fucking chemicals, yeah. which is what is happening. That's not a conspiracy theory. I'm yeah. not fucking crazy tinfoil hat wearer. Like, yeah. that's the truth, right? Like, if you're eating fucking fresh fruit from Woolies and it's not organic, chances are there's probably pesticides on the motherfucker. 100%. Right? And that's what, like, like, definitely wash your fruit and veggies if people don't do that. Wash the fuck out of them. But or even better, buy organic. <laughs> and then you don't have to worry. Right. You should be sponsored by a fucking organic, organic section bananas. of Woolies. But I was, I, was, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was eating the banana and I was thinking, it's fucking crazy to me that we live in a world where this cunt grows on a tree. Yeah. Like full fucking grows with a peel. Yeah. Around it. Yeah. Like it's got its own packaging. The world's wild, eh? Like like, like Earth is fucking insane. Like fruit's the most amazing thing on the fucking planet, in it, my opinion. I think the biggest thing that I struggled with when I was a kid is it's kind of got this fucking uncool persona about it. Fuck knows how it gets it. I think it's just because it, it isn't chocolate and it isn't wrapped in all these colours. Like it's, a lot yeah. of it's colourful. And you got to like, remember advertising 100% for kids true, is directed sure. at like unhealthy shit. For sure. You know? Yeah, and that's even I did a um, you know, fucking not to really change the subject, but I did a brand deal with Nutrigrain recently, which was fucking massive for me. Congratulations, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Big ups, Nutrigrain. Big ups, Kellogg's. It was fucking sick. Such legends to work with. But like, we filmed it. We filmed a little scene, um, of me eating the cereal, which was not a main part in, in the um deliverable at all. And they're like, oh, I want you to refilm it. So I actually flew. I was down at the snow and they paid for me to refly back up to the Gold Coast. I filmed for two minutes and I flew back down to the snow. That's insane. Because they wanted me to feature fruit next to the product. And oh, they were okay. like, we are not the alternative. We are 
not a supplement, but we are like part of a healthy diet. Yeah. And they're like, we are not a healthy diet. We are part of a healthy diet. Exactly. So they're like, we want some fruit to be featured next to the bowl. And I'm like, oh, sick. And for me, like I fucking eat Nutrigrain like my whole life pretty much. And it was just like sick to work with them, whatever else. But now that I've gotten on the fruit game, I understand the balanced diet way more. And it's like, yeah, you want to have this mix of of different stuff. And like even today, like I'll smash up a bunch of fruit, like strawberries, fucking mangoes, whatever. I would have never done that in the past. Fucking not a chance. I would have gone to the fridge, grabbed the most convenient thing, fucked off. But fruit in that is really fucking convenient. Like I'll go to the skate park now and I'll buy it. I'll go to the shops and I'll buy a punnet of strawberries. Yeah. And yeah. how good do you feel? Fucking hectic, bro. But you don't understand that and you don't value that because KFC is right there and it's exactly. fucking screaming at you yeah. or Macca's is there. I ate KFC tonight yeah. and I must say like, it's like doing. It's like when I do Dexies and then come to a podcast without any sleep and think, "Why the fuck did I do I've, that?" I right? haven't had a good experience eating. I actually haven't really eaten it in years. I've like, got really crook ones from it. I just feel just gluggy in that, but I know I'm going to eat well tomorrow, and I ate well all day today. And I knew I was going to be on the road coming here from the show. Yeah. So it is what it is. But um, yeah. it is. It's convenient, right? Like, but as long as like it's okay to have those meals, but just limit it. Like, yeah. For don't sure. buy Macca's every fucking don't day. Don't live on that shit. Yeah. That's what I feel like a lot of young, I say kids pretty loosely, but like young adults and stuff like that do wrong as well. They just get in routines of bad habits. They can't break them. And the convenience is there and they're like, oh, I'm young and I'm fucking, my metabolism's burning Especially this shit when off. they first start and I'm working. Healthy. Yeah. When they first sure. have their own bit of money for and they sure, can buy dude. what they want. And where do most kids work when they're fucking yeah. 14, 15? 100%. They're fast working food. at Macca's or KFC or Hungry or Jack's. Or in retail, which is right next to fast food. Or exactly. Yeah. And they run to the food court on their yeah. fucking, on their yeah. lunch break, you know. So creates that and it's, um, and you know, I, I worked at KFC. People would always ask me like, oh, did it turn you off KFC? No, I can't. <laughs> it didn't. I wish it did. I fucking wish it did, but it didn't. Like I still now, like if I'm home on the weekend and mum comes and goes, guys, I'm home, I'm home with lunch. I got KFC. I'm like fucking running out. The door. Raging, fuck yeah, yeah. You know, like hectic. Yeah. But then afterwards you eat it and you're like, fuck, it feels, you know, you feel like yeah. shit. Um, big ups to Woolies. Um, strength meals. I don't know if you know them or not. Nah, um, I'm guessing it's in the pre-made. So it's section. like, yeah, it's like yeah. my muscle chef. It, yeah. They're fresh. They're in the fridge. Like have like a short sort of expiry date. Um, nine bucks. Is this the Woolies brand ones? I think, I think they are Woolies. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. called strength, strength meals. Co. My, yeah. Right. So I think it Could is be a one Woolies. Of yeah. Either in-house brands kind of thing. Yeah. yeah maybe. Yeah. yeah. Woolies do have their own ones as well. I yeah. Think, yeah. I've seen. Yeah. But they're really high protein and like you can get low calorie ones, which is great yeah. for me. That's exactly what I need to like build lean muscle and also be in a calorie deficit. Yeah. Today I had this beef and rice one. Honestly, one of the best fucking meals I've had. A eh? like the taste is fucking on point. Some of those pre-made meals. The babe, macros are sure. fucking excellent. Yeah. It was three hundred and ninety-seven calories. Yeah, and thirty-six grams of protein. Yeah, I'm like, how yeah. the fuck? I had a mate like, that was sponsored by one of those companies, and um, sponsor me. And he was raving about them, raving about them, and we were working together. Shout out Adrian, and um. Yeah, dude, like he was just like, dude, the convenience, it's so good. And this is a guy that healthy, definitely right? cook. And he was like, yep, so good for me. Like big gym dude, like loves it. Eats, sleeps, breathes it. Works out every day. I was just like, okay, I just don't know. There's no appeal to it to me. And he's like, oh, it's fine, whatever. But I feel like that's partly because I'm very in routine with my shit. And like yeah. living by myself, or now I live with two housemates, but like living pretty much by myself or moving at home, I like got in the routine of cooking certain foods and I like to meal prep and shit like that. And I'm not always near like, 
a microwave or like a kitchen base setup or like the skate park doesn't exactly have yeah. a fucking kitchen. So you have to have stuff. So sometimes I'm just there. like, yeah, like yeah. I just, and I've just never really bought into it, but like the convenience of it, I've seen so much. It's fucking A grade. And if it works for you, I'd definitely yeah. say get around. And it. my biggest problem was like, I would eat not too bad. Like I wasn't portions, eating portion control, bro. Fuck yeah. The biggest problem for me. Yeah. And, and I would eat and you know, I always probably my whole life. I'm not like, I would eat and eat and eat and then I'd feel full while I was still eating, right? Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, I've had enough. And then, but you don't realize like when you stop fucking eating and 10 minutes later, that's when you're full. Hits you, yeah. Right? Like, yeah so now I'll have process. these meals, right? And I'm still sort of getting used to them and like, I'll feel like, fuck, I could probably go like a whole another one. Like, fuck. Yeah. But then 10 minutes later, after you've had like a glass Sweet. of water and that, you're like, oh, I'm actually hateful. That's the other thing I don't thing feel too. like gluggy. Like I feel the great. water, bro. The water. People don't understand the importance of that. And like yeah. When to drink it and how often to drink it. Shit. Like they say uh, like drink a glass when you wake up. I'm not going to fucking pretend I read I'm some crazy stat. This super is saying, probably yeah. wrong, but apparently like 85% of the nation's population is dehydrated right now. For sure. I'm fucking parched just sitting here. Yeah. But like it's <laughs> one of the, nah, I'm good, bro. I've got the water down but it's one of those things man like the importance of water and the balance and and stuff like that and and from you know being in an athlete in an elite environment or somewhat elite environment um or action sports like high adrenaline environment i would say like i've just realized the importance of looking after myself and whatever else and i even listened to a podcast on the way here i'm called the bomb hole and it's a snowboarding podcast now talking about like what they're doing going to the gym and the way they're looking after their bodies and like you almost train so you can go get beat up as fucked up as that sounds, like as an action sports athlete, you train so you can fall and get back up because most people fall and don't get back up. At the skate park, you're like, you know, your body versus concrete and metal rails and whatever else most of the time. It's like pretty small odds. Like you're not going to win very often, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like you want to up the odds as, as much as you can and eating right and drinking water and being hydrated and fucking stretching and going to the gym and actually building strength and even now, like a lot of surfers are doing Pilates, like reformer Pilates and shit. And most people are like, that's fucking whack. I'm like, they're doing it for a reason. Like, what's the reason? It's because it like stretches your body into ways that you wouldn't naturally extend it to. And that's when, that's what you need the most training for. When you're getting fucking slammed, your body doesn't exactly stay in its perfect position. Like it twists, it turns, yeah, it stretches, it pulls and like. Yeah, no matter what environment you're in, at an action sports, like elite level action sports, I should say, you need to get fucked up if you don't look after that shit. So yeah. it's kind of the world that I'm living in or have been living in. It's like, look after yourself, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm most excited about this, like, you know, starting gym again and that and like talking to people and <clears throat> that really know what they're talking about. Yeah. It's like learning about how the body actually works and heals and grows and, and, and you know, becomes stronger. And yeah, I just, yeah, anyone anyone it is not too late to go out there and fucking and change things for yourself 100 day you know? one yeah day so one that's what i like if you've been an, a lazy cunt your whole life guess what you can get off your ass now still yeah. no matter how old you are get off your ass and fucking go out there and and, sure. and change things um i do like ending my podcast with uh a bit of advice that you want to give out to the viewers um about you know if they want to just you know they want to be a scooter rider. They want to follow their dream, whatever it may be. Um, any advice you have for them? Fuck, that's a tough one to s- s- freeball and something. But I, <laughs> I feel like my biggest advice to people is find something that, and this is pretty common, find something that you like and give it a crack and and be persistent enough to cop a few L's. Like, you know, when I look back on my career and the successful things that I, or the things that I deem successful in my life, 
a lot of them came, you know, not as straight dubs. There was a lot of fucking kick and shit along the way. And I think that's one of the biggest things. There's a saying that I try and say, like all the people, the brands that I work with, the kids that I work with, everything like that. Um, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And I like to use that motto for every single thing in my life. When I, when an opportunity arises or if I get nervous about something, even doing this podcast, when you reach out to me, like I usually just say yes to this stuff. Anyway, I'm like, fuck it, it'd be a good experience, whatever else. Don't really give a fuck if the podcast does well, shit. If it's small, massive, whatever else, fuck, give it a crack. That's because you miss 100% of the opportunities you don't take. You miss 100%. It's a Wayne Gretzky quote. He's like the greatest goal scorer in NHL, like hockey history. And that was his thing. And it's so fucking true and it applies to everything. So, yeah, if you like something, if you have a dream, if you have even the fucking smallest sniff about something that you might be interested in, give it a fucking crack because you never know what it might do. Yeah. Fuck. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming into the no, studio. It's been a pleasure, bro. And speaking free. Um, and also to everyone who's who's watched, who's commented, who's sent me messages and that throughout this year. Um, it's been a massive year for me uh, moving to 2-7 Project from where we were at before. Um, so thank you to to everyone for, for watching. And, and we will be back next year. Bigger and better, more episodes. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to fucking rip in. Remember, guys, speak free with Matty G.